I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is Alex Mito, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We're the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S. and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I'm also one of our two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan with my partner, James Milley. We're now reaching over 5,000 monthly listeners in over 70 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got the amazing Riley Clark here with us on the mic. Riley is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on mentorship in the artist community. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what Riley has to say to us. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Riley Clark, and we're ready to change the way you think about your art career. Riley Clark is an art dealer and startup founder. Riley studied art history at Stanford University and works as a founder at Passage Arts, a very cool startup dedicated to expanding access to art and to art collecting. Riley and his partners want to make art accessible for everyone. And if you know us at Superfine, you know that we can get behind that. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Riley. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. So before we dive into our questions today, Riley, I want to ask you something that'll help our listeners get to know the real Riley. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? Wow. I mean, that's a great question. I feel very lucky. I grew up with it in one way or another. Um, Both of my parents were musicians, actually. They met in in a recording studio. Uh, They had one recording session and the rest was history. So I've always had music in my life. I've always had, um, you know, books, literature. Um, but my first memory of visual art was collecting um, old art books. You know, I got to read about art history and learn about it, but through a physical thing. So art, that passion for art was already really wrapped up with the idea of collecting and stewardship uh, from the very beginning. I love that. And I also love that you're able to have that tie in with your parents' story of meeting in the recording studio. That is so cool. And also just having those old art books around. It's I, th- I always like to kind of make this question a bit of a lesson for anyone listening who might have kids or like have nieces, nephews, anything. Like have those books around, take your kids to the museums, like get out there and see art because that's you know, nine times out of 10, that's our listeners' first experience with it. And the people we have on here like Riley have 
just done so much to make the art world and just the world a better place. So first step, have those books out there and take your kids out to see shows. I love it. I think it's a great metaphor as well, because it's all about legacy. It's all about thinking long term. And something I suspect we'll get into today is that, um, you know, you as an artist or you as a collector should be thinking long term. It's all about legacy. Ultimately, it's all about that next generation. I love that. Guys, it's all about legacy. So pass it along. I love that. It extends beyond the time we have here. Thank you for sharing that, Riley. From here, that's a good jump off point into our questions today. So Riley, you co-founded the Professional Arts Society of Stanford when you were studying art history there. Have you always been interested in giving artists access to mentors and preparing them for a career in the art world? Or is this something new? And, and did you, is this where you kind of decided to help artists' businesses thrive through this? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, the answer is yes. I've always been interested in expanding access uh, for artists and art lovers ever since I discovered my love of art. You know, I think it's such an incredible and, you know, entrancing thing. And I had struggled to see my way into the art world and into the art market. You know, I didn't come from an art collecting family. I didn't come from an art collecting context. And neither did a lot of the people I knew, right, at Stanford. A lot of the people I knew who maybe they loved art but didn't study art history. Maybe they did and they did. Maybe they're artists themselves, practicing artists. A lot of folks struggled to see their way into that world. And credit actually goes to my now co-founder at Passage Arts, Riley Haig. The two of us, the two Rileys, started the Professional Art Society of Stanford, PASS, in order to create that infrastructure for our peers, right? Because art is incredible and the art world is incredible, as you well know. And it shouldn't just be about the people who have built in intergenerational access. It should be about access. So yeah, in a way, um, PASS, as we called it, was the predecessor of Passage Arts. Very cool. And and I know from the first time we met Riley that, you know, I think you and I and my partner, James, and imagine your partner, Riley, which, by the way, I love that, the two Rileys. It's been um, a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I didn't even know that. Now I know. And now I think it's great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we all sort of have this similar path into the art world and the art market and into collecting art. And I think that gives you a really unique point of view, right? Like not coming from this collecting background and just sort of, you know, not having that generational built-in access, but like trying to find that access for yourself and then also to bring that to other people, which I think is really cool. You know, what are some of the challenges you've seen there with that? Well, I mean, the challenges are it's it's difficult to do it when there is no roadmap. Studying art history and working the art market, I've met lots of people who had very clear, clearly defined paths into that market, paths into the art world. And I didn't, um, and, and neither did some of the, you know, best, most interesting mentors I've met in that world. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of a line from the Odyssey, you know, the man of twists and turns. I really struggled to f- kind of find my path, find my way. I did everything from, you know, ancient Egyptian mummy conservation to underwater archaeology, academic research, wor- working at auction houses, working with galleries, working in arts education. Um, there are so many paths and so many more than I realized. And as you start to cross off the boxes and figure out what works for you and what doesn't. It's just important to recognize that there's so much out there, right? If you want to be involved with the arts, if you want to make a life in the arts, you absolutely can. And you should never lose heart. Um, You should never lose heart if there's not a clearly defined roadmap, because there's always more, right? And if there's not already a job for you out there, you can make your own. You can make your way into arts entrepreneurship. 
I love that. If there's not a job out there for you, make your own. I could not agree more. Now, I do have one follow-up, Riley, because, I mean, you talked about some of the challenges you faced. You know, are there any kind of, like, specific ways that you really, you know, confronted those challenges that you had yourself and in, with your business partner into kind of, like, forging a way into the art world and art business? Like, any specific strategies or tips for someone who's going through that same path and carving their own road on the map? Yes, I have two conflicting pieces of information. One is that mentorship is incredibly important. Um, one of the things that Riley and I uh, did at PASS at the Professional Art Society of Stanford was we looped in people we respected. We looped in, for example, Jessica Silverman at the Jessica Silverman Gallery in, in San Francisco was a great mentor to the two of us. Elizabeth Sullivan at Pace Gallery in Palo Alto, same story. Uh, you really can't do it alone. It's all about mentorship. And it's all about perspective. And there are really incredible people working in the art market who can give you that perspective. And the same is true, maybe even truer for artists. The conflicting piece of information I would give is that, yes, it's all about mentorship and it's all about perspective. But I would also say never idolize, never meet your heroes, but never make anyone else into heroes because there is no roadmap. The script is constantly being rewritten. And at the end of the day, you can't reproduce what someone else has done. You can learn from them. You can help each other along, but at the end of the day, you have to kind of follow your own script. I actually think that those two pieces of advice actually go together very well. Get your mentorship, get your advice, get your perspective, like find those role models in the world of whatever world is your concern, if it's art world or whatever it is, find those mentors, but never idolize and put them up on a pedestal because you're forging your own path. I completely agree with you, Riley, and that's actually great advice for all our listeners. Moving along here, Passage Arts prides itself on cultivating the next generation of artists and collectors. What are some of the key traits that you're looking for when you're scouting new artists? That is a great question. Thank you so much for asking. And there are a number of different answers to that, and different people have different answers. But for me, the most important thing I look for in artists is dedication. Because the truth is, it's really hard to be an artist. Um, I want to take a second to recognize the artist listening, that it's really, you're doing a really difficult thing. It takes a lot of confidence. And more than anything else, it's all about thinking long term. You know, if you're an artist, you make art because you're an artist. Uh, it's what you do. It's what you were born to do. It's who you are. And in your best case scenario, you'll do it for the foreseeable future. So what I would say is have that dedication because you're in it for the long haul, you know, if you can help it, don't be pressured into making short-term um, moves. Always think long-term. Yeah, I look, for, I look for dedication. I look for artists who are thinking about themselves, their careers, their practices, their legacies in the long-term. Um, because as an artist, you're an entrepreneur. And that doesn't just mean working for yourself. That doesn't just mean making your own hours. That means building equity in yourself, equity in your career exponentially as time goes on. And that kind of awareness is uh, something that can make or break an artist. I love that. Everyone who's listening, what Riley's just said here, the most important thing he's looking for out there is dedication, you being dedicated to your work. And it is hard being an artist. So thank you for giving us that moment to recognize this, Riley. And I really like what you said about making long-term moves. And that really ties in with you know not only what you're saying here, but with a lot of our guests who are in similar positions, either you know galleries, curators, museum people. And it's really, they're looking for artists who are thinking about the future and what's going on. 
you know, not today and not tomorrow, but like where they're going to be a year, two years, three years from now, and kind of capping it off with building that equity in yourself and your career and letting that grow exponentially. I mean, these are the traits that you're looking for, Riley. And I think that's a really, really good insight for the artists out there who are listening. Yeah. And for the, thank you. And for the artists who are out there listening, I would just ask you not to devalue yourself, you know, so much about the art world, so much about the art market, so much about art school, so much about just being an artist in today's day and age asks you to devalue yourself and devalue your work and make short term moves for, you know, liquidity's sake. But you're an artist. You were born to do this. If you were really born to do this, you need to think long term and you need to protect uh, yourself. You need to protect your value, your sales history, your exhibition history, because at the end of the day, you make that. And that's a really scary thing, but it's also a very liberating thing. You're in control. So be in control. You are in control. So be in control and protect your value. I could not agree with you more. So that is actually a pretty neat seg for me into some more about passage arts. But I do want to take a moment because we're talking a lot about passage arts, which is this very cool company you're running, Riley. Could you just take one moment just to kind of tell our listeners a little more about passage arts, kind of what it does, where it lives, like how they can find it? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Passage Arts is uh, an art and technology startup. The big mission, the big vision is to cultivate the next generation of artists and art lovers. Maybe you disagree. I feel as though the art market isn't working. It's certainly not working for most people. It's not working for most artists. It's not working for most people who love art and don't collect. It's not even working for most people who love art and do collect. So what we're building is an alternative art market. Um, that looks like a number of different things. We're still working on this. You know how um, startups can be, but that's the vision is to build an alternative art market that works more for more people. Right now you can find us at passagearts.com and at passagearts at all socials, but we're um, growing and expanding and changing and we have some exciting things coming up in the next next few months. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, for you listeners out there, Riley and I have actually talked a little bit to learn for each of us to learn more about what we do with Superfine and with Passage Arts. And I will say, Riley, that I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think the art market has a lot of issues and that are endemic to the way it's been run for many, many years. And that was sort of the impetus for us, you know, six years ago, founding Superfine as well, just trying to course correct that. And we've had some success with it. Um, but I think there's, you know, anyone who is coming in, I feel like the word disruptor is thrown around a lot today, but for anyone who is coming in and finding ways to make the art market more efficient, reach mm-hmm. more people, build that access just like you are, I think that's a really cool thing. So I I wouldn't say I totally disagree with you on that, but I, I am optimistic about it. And I know that you are as well. I am optimistic about it, about passage arts and about positive changes in the art market more generally. And I agree with you. I, you know, the word disrupt gets thrown around a lot. I'm wary of it coming from Stanford and Silicon Valley. At the end of the day, I think it's a question of building something that people want. And, you know, something that I know from my own experience and something that the data out there validates is that more people want art in their lives. Art is the foundational thing that every human society at all times and at all places has had baked into it. And we've really strayed from that. I think the white cube gallery space is pretty far removed from the caves at Lascaux or Altamira or these other locations. And that's ultimately what um, we're after is reconnecting with that very 
inherent human thing, which is art. And again, that's one of the reasons why I love and respect artists so much is because they bring us back to that most important place. There's a lot of wisdom contained in what you just said, Riley, but there's a kind of a mantra in here that I want the artist to kind of pick up on here, which is that more people want art in their lives. People want art in their lives. That's a reality. And that's where we talk about, talk about making art accessible with Superfine and also obviously with Passage Arts. So how important would you say that accessibility is in both buying and selling art, Riley? That's a great question. I think accessibility is so important. And the interesting thing is it's important for both artists and art collectors. You know, we had talked about, you know, my partners and I struggling to find ways into the art market, but that same story is really true for artists who struggle to find their way in. Um, It's true for collectors who struggle to find their way in. Right now, the art market rewards folks who are already plugged in, right? Who already know what they want, who already have intergenerational or institutional connections. But to go back to a point you made, more people want more art in their lives. It's a simple fact. And that's what accessibility really means, is it's a remarkable opportunity, not just a market opportunity, but an opportunity to make the world better for artists, art lovers, and everyone. So guys, you have it here. Accessibility is key. It's all about that price transparency and just making art available to the people who want it. And that's something that anyone out there can take to heart, whether you're an artist, a gallery, or a collector. And we're going to come right back and Riley is going to tell you more of what you want to know about democratizing the art market and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back with Riley Clark. Riley, what are some of the ways that Passage Arts is making art buying more appealing to Gen Z or younger people who might find that historical, traditional art world unwelcoming? Oh, well, thank you for asking. That's a great question. I think the first thing, the thing that's kind of implicit in that question is that we want to loop in these new buyers. You know, to to throw a few numbers out here, Art Basel, UBS just came out with their art market report for 2020. And there were some pretty distressing finds in it. Um, You know, 70% of the dealers and gallerists surveyed said that their number one priority for 2020 was existing relationships with existing clients. 70%, same old, same old. Compare that with only 4% who said uh, racial diversity, 4% who said gender diversity, 7% who said new technology, 70% said same old, same old, 0% said cultivating the next generation of collectors. 0% said going out there and meeting new clients, new new art lovers on their own terms. And that's where we, where we see ourselves is 
flipping the script and actually approaching the folks who aren't already plugged in. In order to do that, there are a few what I think are no-brainers. We do have to be online. We do have to be transparent with our pricing, with our information about who we are. We have to be non-pretentious. We're all about content, 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 really helping to meet people on their own terms, on their own turf, on their own time. It's also important that we are inclusive, both as a company, in the way that we attract artists, in the way that we attract collectors, because, you know, Gen Z, we are, first of all, the single most diverse generation in American history, but we're also the generation that values diversity and inclusiveness the most. When you build an art collection, you collect art that reflects you, who you are, your values. Um, And the same is true for this alternate art market we're building. If it's going to reflect not just the makeup, but the values of Gen Z, it has to be diverse and inclusive. So building a diverse body of artists, telling diverse stories, not just reflects the values of our generation, but reflects our generation itself. I love the spirit that you guys are approaching Passage Arts with. And I also love that you actually have done your homework and you've read the Art Basel UBS Art Market Report, which I have not, which this was actually very surprising to me. In some ways, not surprising, but I, but you know, just to kind of reiterate that for our listeners, 70% of the art dealers survey, surveyed are just building or just following through with previous relationships, the same old, same old business as usual in 2020, 2021, only 4% prioritizing diversity, and none of them are cultivating the next generation of collectors. I mean, that's a huge opportunity. When you see that everyone out there in the world is doing one thing, maybe it's time to think of another way to do things. And the list of things you mentioned that you're doing with Passage Arts that are kind of, you know, your key to getting out there, right? I mean, these are also, in my opinion, very helpful for any artist or any entrepreneur who's, you know, in this world trying to get their work out there. Be online, be transparent with your pricing and info. That's a big one for me. Mm-hmm. As a collector, I do not buy anything if I do not know the price. I mean, that's that's a base level criteria that you have to tick, in my opinion, you know, and you'll hear other thoughts on it. But really, for me, it's price transparency is probably one of the number one things out there. Non pretentious. I mean, you know, that's just like goes without saying, of course, like depending on your product, I guess, but it's so important to meet people where they are on their own terms. And I could not agree with you more on that. And of course, being inclusive and diverse, it's 2021. Even if you're just an artist, a single artist out there, finding ways to align your work in a way that's more inclusive and diverse and not just and get out of your comfort zone a little bit too, I think is a really good piece of advice that extends both to companies like your own, Riley, but also to individual artists out there. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. I think if, you know, if I could put a, a theme to this, if I could put a mantra to this, you know, we're talking about um, diversity and inclusion. We're talking about transparency. We're talking about going online you know, the, what, I, what I tell people is the art world is going online, but the art world is going online, right? Online sales for art doubled from 2019 to 2020, but the percentage of people buying their first work of art online shrunk dramatically. So the art world is going online, but the art world is going online. Yes, galleries sold more works of art online in 2020 than they've ever sold before. They sold more of that work to collectors they've known for years and overwhelmingly the same old, same old collectors. So again, we're talking about the art market. We're talking advice for artists. Yes, this is about going online. It's about being transparent. It's about being 
non-pretentious and inclusive and all these things. But really what it is, is thinking differently from what everyone else out there is doing. You have to think bigger than the art market. I love that. Think bigger than the art market you know, do differently than what everyone else is doing when it makes sense. And that's what you, you know, when you see a problem, solve it. I completely agree with you. So it's kind of segging me into one of our last questions here about an interview that you did with Insider, where you discussed the mission of founding Passage Arts and how that was to democratize the art world and allow more artists of color, for instance, to showcase their work and to make money from it. Can you speak a little more about what Passage Arts is doing for artists of color of all socioeconomic statuses and how an artist who might not be in a great financial position can build their business up? Oh, great question. Thank you for asking. First of all, I would like to thank Dominic Mandori Davis, the brilliant reporter at Business Insider for covering Passage Arts. Dom writes masterfully about all things art, entrepreneurship, and Gen Z, and I would highly recommend that you check out her reporting at Insider. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question. Everything that we're talking about today, the brokenness of the art market, is particularly and disproportionately broken for people of color, right? And I say two things when I, I mean, two things when I say that. I mean, artists of color and collectors of color as well, you know, in the same way that the big mission for Passage Arts is to cultivate a bigger, better art market, a bigger, better body of artists and art collectors. That also means a more diverse body of artists and art collectors. It means um, being very deliberate about the artists we choose to work with and represent, um, and also being deliberate in how we reach out to collectors and thinking about cultivating not just young collectors or collectors in tech or collectors in X, Y, or Z, but specifically underrepresented collectors and collectors of color, because the exclusion in the art market has been deliberate and the inclusion has to be deliberate as well. The exclusion has been systemic. If we're building a new system for buying and selling art, that inclusion has to be built into the system. I believe that artists and collectors are in this together. And part of that means believing in more artists of color more seriously uh, than galleries do. But it also means believing in collectors of color. You know, this idea of the quote unquote art collector has been made to feel so alien and so unattainable and even so undesirable. And of course, part of that is that it's been made to feel older, whiter, and oftentimes more male than it has any right to be. So it's about expanding not just what does the body of artists look like, but what does the body of collectors look like as well. Yeah, I, I like that you bring that up, Riley, because I think that's something that's often overlooked when we talk about diversity and inclusivity, or we're talking about which artists are represented, which is obviously really important. But this is something that you know my partner and I go over with our artists at Superfine all the time, which is you don't want to just be that person sitting at your booth waiting for, and pardon my, uh, you know, putting a, such a blunt point on it, but waiting for that old white guy to walk in the door and a suit and that's the, your collector and you think he's going to buy your art. I'm not excluding him. He might. But like you said, the market being radically excluding people for years, now you kind of got to radically include people. And that goes down to the individual artist at a booth, at an art fair or gallery at a booth or whatever it may be level where, you know, looking at somebody who comes in who might be in their 20s or 30s, they might be of color, they might be wearing streetwear, whatever it may be, but being inclusive, giving those people, anybody who walks in and likes your art the time of day, and really taking those steps to include them and make them feel like a part of the process is, in my opinion, so critical to evolving the art market. So if that's what you're saying, Riley, then I completely agree with you. It is. And I, and you know, everything I was saying before about valuing 
yourself as an artist and thinking long-term as an artist, building equity in yourself and your career over time as an artist. This is intimately connected with this idea of diversity of inclusion. I was talking with an artist when my co-founders and I were first starting Passage Arts. We were trying to figure out what was wrong with the system, what was working, what wasn't, um, what could we do that was better. I think conventional wisdom told us that by limiting the supply of art, by limiting the access to art, dealers could increase the prices of art. But it turns out that is exactly the opposite. So let me tell you a story. We were talking with this artist who had a show at a gallery, brick and mortar gallery in the Bay Area. Um, this artist brought in friends of his to see the show. They got very excited about his work. They offered to buy it from the gallerist and the gallerist said no. She said, no, I don't know you, turned them away, ended up selling the same work to friends of hers for less money at a discount because they were known quantities, right? They felt like less of a risk to her. And it's actually no accident that the artist was black, the artist's friends were black, the gallerist was white and her friends were white. I think that these two things are intimately connected. It's not just that the system is broken, it's that the system is disproportionately broken. When we're talking about a new system, when we're talking about a new model for buying and selling art, that's ultimately what we're talking about. That's amazing. I mean, like, you know, again, I love taking the lessons. Obviously, you, you know, you're taking these to your business model and how you're approaching passage arts and what you're doing with it. But also just for everyone listening out there, just to kind of be listening to Riley and thinking about how you can apply this to your own life, career, maybe to the galleries you work with, maybe to how you choose to work with them and to the art fairs you participate in and to the online experiences you're in and just how you can be more inclusive because it's not just like the right thing to do because it is, but it also just makes really good sense in how you grow your business and how you grow to a new art market. So I, I really agree with you, Riley. This has been an amazing conversation. We are about to bring it home for our listeners so Riley, what is one thing our listeners should do right now, like today or tomorrow to start revving up their careers in a big way? It's a great question. Thank you for asking. I would say think long-term. Um, you know, if you're an artist, you were born to do this. And if you have it your way, you'll do it for the foreseeable future. You know, artists make art because they're artists. It's who they are. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, so if you're in this, you're in this for the rest of your life, and that's how you should think about it. That's a liberating fact. It should give you perspective, and it should give you leverage. It should give you negotiating power. I would say think long-term and kind of hold that, kind of own that. This is your life we're talking about. So think long-term and ask for what you deserve. Guys, start thinking long-term and ask for what you deserve. That is great advice. Riley, is there anything else you'd like to shout out? I know you're doing a clubhouse room. Is there anything you'd like to talk about or shout out before we wrap it up for our listeners? Yeah, I would poise listeners to um, check out passagearts.com here in the next in the next month. We'll be launching a really exciting series of work by Nalamakui Kapo Asheg, brilliant Hawaiian, brilliant Kanaka Hawaii artist we're working with. A series of very special, very um, dear prints made from natural materials, Ohe Kapala printing techniques. It's just our first time working with Nalamaku, and there's a lot of storytelling involved. It's a real labor of love, and I'm excited for you to check it out at PassageArts.com. Thank you, Riley. And to all of you business artists out there, Riley has been here with us today sharing his amazing perspective with all of you. And you're going to want to go back, listen again, and take your notes 
You can listen to this and all of our past episodes on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Riley, you can follow him at Riley Jonathan Clark and at passage.arts on Instagram. And of course, visit www.passagearts.com. I know I will be to see that amazing Hawaiian artist that you mentioned, Riley. And as always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan. And once again, we would always, always really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. The ratings and reviews that you leave on there are so, so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find the artist business plan and benefit from us and our guest perspectives every week. And as always, I would like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick and relevant quote with you all. And today the quote is, inclusivity means not just we're allowed to be there, but that we are valued. I've always said smart teams will do amazing things, but truly diverse teams will do impossible things. And that is Claudia Brind Woody. Riley, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and perspective with our listeners. And for that, we are so grateful to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, Join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.